Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks and streamers, but never produced, and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. We are bringing you a weird and delightful pilot about love after death to brighten your Thanksgiving, and I do hope you all are having a great Thanksgiving wherever you are. Our pilot this month is Sam in Retrograde by Sam Jarvis. Sam's a real rising star who spent many years writing on Tosh.0 before moving on to episodic television with Dollface on Hulu. She's got a lot of projects going on. I know she's someone you're going to be hearing more about. We met on the picket lines, uh, and she sent me this pilot, which really impressed me with its tone and its choice of subject matter. And I know from hearing from cast members after the reading that they were equally impressed Uh, The strikes are over, so I can go back to giving credits for our cast members. I know that's not the biggest thing about the strikes being over, but still, it's exciting to me. Our cast for this was Katie O'Brien from the great and hilarious show Teachers. Katrina Davis, who has a stand-up special out called Figuring It Out. Julie Brister from Goliath. Susie Nakamura is back. Susie from Avenue 5 and Dead to Me and Dr. Ken. Uh, Dead Pilot Society regular John Ross Bowie from Big Bang Theory and Speechless is here. If you haven't yet read his memoir, No Job for a Man, you really should. It's fantastic. Uh, We had Leonard Robinson from Insecure and Ashley Padilla from Son of Zorn. This is a really fun one. Um, I hope you enjoy it. So now enjoy Salmon Retrograde after a brief message. Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or, are Saturday mornings reserved for cartoons? Or, have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or, how a former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse? Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. here with Sam Jarvis. Hey, Sam. Hi, Andrew. Uh, my picketing buddy. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be reading your Ted pilot, Sam in Retrograde. Can you tell us a little bit about what we're about to hear? Um, This is a, I would say, dark comedy. <laughs> I think most people can agree with that. And it is about a woman, a young widow who begins carrying around her dead husband's urn and talking to it as if they are still married. So, you know, just like a really broad mass appeal, uh, grief comedy, you know? (laughs) Um, all right. I'm very curious. We'll talk about the longer interview, like why and, and, and how, so this, you did. And yes, my husband is alive. That's the real, (laughs) because I, I know that. So, yeah. Um, And you did this with CBS Studios? Yes, CBS Studios and uh, Party Over Here were the producers. So the Lonely Island guys. Right. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, we're going to talk a bunch more. I think that sets it up pretty well. We're just going to get into this. This is Salmon Retrograde, written by Sam Jarvis. We're at a farmer's market. It's a typical Los Angeles farmer's market with rows of cute stands boasting the big four, avocados, zucchini, soaps, and hummus. 
People mill about, mostly in workout clothes, while sampling and chatting and trying to avoid sun damage. Among them is Sam in her early 30s, holding a reusable bag filled with produce. Sam is independent, practical, and dedicated to her skincare routine. She's also adorned in gold jewelry, necklaces, and things, one of which is a wedding ring. She passes a stand of beauty products and jade rollers. She picks one up, inspects it, then picks up a rose quartz roller, which is the same exact thing, but pink instead Can of I green. Can I help you? Sam looks up to find the beauty vendor, an adorable girl in her mid-20s. Which one of these works better? Well, do you believe in the healing power of crystals? I don't. Oh. There's an awkward beat. The beauty vendor isn't sure what to say. I'll take the green one. Sam pays as a couple, Chris and Lauren, walk up, pushing their baby in a stroller. Sam, hi. Oh, my gosh. Hey, how are you guys? Sam gives them both brief, stiff hugs. We're good. How are you? Sam will not cave to her puppy eyes. She forces nonchalance. I'm good. Good. Sam bends down to the baby. And who is this? This is Fiona. Oh, like from Shrek. It's a family name. Right. Sure. She's so big. Not in a Shrek way. In like a age way. She'll be a year in May. Oh, Right. Sorry, I didn't reach out and congratulate you guys. I think with everything that was going on... It just... It's fine. It was a tough time for everybody. Yeah. You were very pregnant at the funeral. It was a beautiful service. I, his parents put it together. I didn't actually, you know, want to do anything. Like, we were those things even before, you know? Lauren half shrugs. Chris has a pained look on his face. Sam nods knowingly and lightly kicks a pebble. Well, it was good to see you guys. You too. You look good. Lauren gives her the same sad puppy eyes as before. Thank you. Bye, Fiona. Chris half smiles as they walk off. Sam waves like an idiot. She then turns to find herself in front of a tamale stand. Hi. One chicken tamale, please. You need a fork. Sam glances to the stack of plastic forks. Ugh. No, I'm good. Later, Sam sits on the curb next to her produce, eating a tamale with her hands. It's not glamorous, but fuck it. And the title card reads, Sam in retrograde. We're in Sam's bathroom in the morning. It's a new day, a fresh morning full of possibilities. However, Sam looks like shit. She blinks at herself in the mirror, then begins her meticulous skincare routine. She applies toner, then face essence, then a vitamin C serum, then moisturizer. She then grabs a face mister and turns it on, the whir of tiny water particles the only sound in the bathroom as she runs it clockwise around her face. After a moment, she turns it off and pops on her wedding ring. In a waiting room, she sits in the waiting room of a therapist. On the coffee table in front of her are several bottles of water arranged in a perfect triangle. Sam grabs one, disrupting the formation. She then catches the wary eye of the receptionist and decides to put it back. We're in the doctor's office. Dr. Roberts, in her 40s, peers over her glasses as she takes notes. She's the kind of therapist you dream of, smart, thoughtful, and comforting, like a favorite teacher from your childhood. Behind her is a bookshelf holding hundreds of copies of her book. Its jacket repeats the book's title over and over. 
creating a nauseating wallpaper behind her. Climb the mountain, climb the mountain, climb the mountain. What I'm saying is, why do you feel so uncomfortable? It's clear by the way Sam is lounging that they've been talking for a while. Because I insist on buying size small underwear, even though I know I'm a hard medium. Hmm. Is a masochist. Got it. <laughs> I just, sometimes I feel like I'm an ex of his or something, but I'm not. It's like people act like I'm sad we broke up and that's fucking weird. We didn't break up. But see, that's how you're interpreting their actions. Nobody is perfect when it comes to handling grief or interacting with someone going through grief. I'm less interested in why people act weird around you and more curious about why it makes you feel like you need to reaffirm or somehow prove you and Ben's relationship. God, you're good. Nope, you're not off the hook. Do the work. I guess I want people to see us as still married because I still see us as married. Bingo. Man, I don't know how you make me realize all this shit. Like, I don't even get how they teach you to do that. I'm just placing the dots. You're the one connecting them. Teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, and no panic attacks lately? Um, yeah, no. Everything's been... Great. Excellent. So happy to hear that. Dr. Roberts checks her watch. Sam stands. Well, it's been a joy as always. Healing's a process and I'm clearly crushing it. You really are, Sam. This journey isn't linear and I'm so pleased with our process here. You should feel very good about that. For sure. You're right. I mean, obviously you're right. You're the expert. You have water bottles in a perfect triangle. Doesn't that look cute? It really does. We're cut to a car. Sam pulls into the driveway of a residential home. The street is tree-lined, the lawn's manicured. It's cute, it's suburban, it's Burbank. She puts the car in park and turns the engine off, then just sits. After a few moments, she unbuckles her seatbelt and gets out. We're in a kitchen where Jeannie, in her 50s, transfers hard-boiled eggs from a bowl of ice water onto a paper towel. Jeannie's a classic mom, from her fridge covered in photos to her khaki pants and haircut. Mom? Sam walks into Hi. the kitchen, sets her bag on a chair. Hi, sweetheart. Jeannie stops what she's doing to hug her daughter, careful to keep her wet hands at a distance. But Jeannie holds on a moment too long, the universal sign that your mom is worried. Help me peel these, will you? Where's dad? He's upstairs fixing the toilet. The flusher button wouldn't go down, so I just kind of forced it in some plastic thing he broke. Very cool. Ben was always great with that kind of stuff. Knew how things worked. You're right about that. And then he died, rudely, without teaching me how to do a single thing. Didn't even know there was plastic in a toilet. Sam attempts to peel an egg. This proves difficult as the shell breaks off into tiny pieces. I'm sure he's somewhere shaking his head at you every time you tinker with the back of a toilet. Oh my gosh, Sam, don't again with the dust or whatever. Taste dust. When you die, I do not think you go anywhere. There's no heaven or hell or afterlife. You seize conscious thought and turn into space dust. Oof, you're gone. Ben and I shared this belief. 
It's becoming clear that none of these eggs are going to peel easily, each shell breaking into a million small pieces. Sam struggles, frustrated, as does Jeannie. Well, I believe in a higher power, and I strongly suggest you revisit the concept. What if you're wrong, hmm? And then you're denied from heaven because you didn't have faith. Do you think Ben made it to heaven? Of course he did. He was a wonderful man. I don't know, Mom. He loved porn. Samantha! I'm just saying, I, he had some pretty specific things that he liked. Jeannie <laughs> plugs her ears. They share, they share a beat of silence until... I think Ben is somewhere. Well, it doesn't matter where he is, because the place I have always preferred him is an arm's length or closer. I told him this many times, and yet... Here we are. Jeannie sees the hurt behind the joke. Sam looks to the egg in her hand, its deep mangled divots from trying to peel it. I don't know what I did differently this time. Just then Hal, 60, walks in. Hal is also a classic parent and is also in khakis. He hugs Sam and looks to the counter. Yeah, uh, having eggshells for lunch? I'm sourdough. Very important debate going on in here. Would you love to weigh in? Do you think Ben is in heaven? I should think so. He had a great credit score. Hey, remind me after lunch to show you my new trains. I will do that. I will remind you about the trains. Hal pulls pickles from the fridge as Jeannie gets bread out. Did your mom tell you we're going down to Temecula next weekend? Are you? We rented a house on VRBO. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Verbo now, but love your enthusiasm. Do you uh, want to come with us? No. Are you sure? It's got a hot tub. As much as I'd love to sit sandwiched between my parents in their bathing suits, I think I'm good. It might be nice for you to get away for a second. Are you worried about leaving me? I'm in my 30s. We just like to be nearby if you need us. Which is completely adorable. Trust me. But I'm good. I mean... Not good, but, you know, functioning. No longer sitting naked in my closet, staring up at all of Ben's clothes and deciding that I'll probably never get dressed again. I mean, look at this progress. I'm even in a bra. And I went to the farmer's market yesterday, so you could basically say I'm thriving. Did you? How was that? Sam sees how genuinely hopeful her mother is, and for a second it throws her off. She doesn't want to let her down. Oh, um, you know. Amazing. I ran into Chris and Lauren, who are just great. Wonderful. I know you've been worried about seeing Ben's friends. Well, joke's on me because, like I said, it was awesome and went so, so well. Sam suddenly notices the calendar on their fridge. I'm sorry, are you going to Temecula for your anniversary? Yes, sir. Oh, that's really weird that you wanted me to come. But congrats. 35 big ones. The best years of our lives. Most of them. Hal gives Jeannie a quick kiss and she half smiles. Well, I should hope so. I mean, you were basically a child for all the other ones. I mean, when we first had you and your sister, that was a tough chunk for sure. Not that we didn't adore you guys. There was just a lot going on. But which one of us do you love more now? I mean, keep in mind, Kate moved far away, but has made you extremely proud. Well, I see you all the time, but still need near constant care. 
It's all wonderful and terrible in none of the ways that you'd ever expect. You'll see someday with your own. Yeah, might not. But look where you are today. Enjoying highly caloric lunches with your hot daughter. Not that Kate isn't hot. I mean, we both are. I've always admired your confidence. Not everybody has that. 35 years is crazy. Jeannie and Hal's bathroom. Sam sits on the toilet, staring directly at a cross on the wall. It has some flourishes and is clearly some sort of suburban decor. But suddenly there is a ringing in her ears. The walls breathe in and out. It's a mini panic attack. She shakes it off and uses the last of the toilet paper. She stands, pulling up her pants while simultaneously grabbing a new roll from under the sink. But then she puts it back, deciding to leave the empty roll on there. Before she leaves, she tilts the cross so it's a tiny bit crooked. Because, come on, it's fun. She smiles, satisfied. In their dining room later, Jeannie, Hal, and Sam sit and eat egg salad sandwiches. They don't talk, just eat. This goes on for an uncomfortable amount of time. Like, seriously, a long time. Until finally... Love the sound of eating an egg salad sandwich. You know, a lot of mouth noise. It's your father. I can't help that sometimes when I eat things, it sounds very wet. Hell of a sentence. Are you watching The Masked Singer? I am not. Later in Jeannie and Hal's basement, Sam stands in front of an elaborate train set that takes up most of the basement. Tracks, a tiny town with streetlights, various models of train cars. It's actually quite stunning. Hal, now in tiny glasses, holds up a train car. See the detail? It's an exact replica. You got a dry bar in this bustling metropolis? A what? Oh, look at this one. He picks up another train and shows her. Very nice wheels. Do trains have wheels? Is that what they're called? Yes, Sam. Trains have wheels. You got plans the rest of the day, love bug? You still making your jewelry? Again, I do not make jewelry. I sell vintage gold on Instagram. And I have a birthday thing tonight. Georgia's. Little G. Glad you're being social. Yeah, I could probably do better. Hey, uh, whatever happened to that train you had that was dark green and gold? Do you remember that one? Sure. It was part of the first set I ever got. I'm sure it's packed away somewhere. I can look. What did you call it as a kid? His name was Norman, and he had quite a personality. But really, no need to look. <laughs> Just wondering. Sam peers over the tiny town once more. She looks at a cute house on a hill at the edge of the model. And I live in that one. It's all yours. She looks closer at it, the little lights on in the kitchen. Later in Jeannie and Hal's driveway, Jeannie and Hal both hug their daughter tight. I don't know why you guys insist on walking me out. I'm here three days a week and you hug me like I'm setting sail across the Pacific. Well, we don't know what you do on those other days. Shoot heroin, clean my gun. I'm super joking. Love you guys. Love you. Love you, baby. Sam gets into her car. Jeannie and Hal watch their daughter pull out of the driveway. She seems okay. Suddenly, Starship's We Built This City starts blaring out of Sam's open window as she drives down the street. Hal is not so sure. And that's the end of Act One. I'm Yucky Jessica. I'm Chuck Crudsworth. And this is Terrible. A podcast where we talk about things we hate that are awful. Today we're discussing Wonderful, a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Hosts Rachel and Griffin McElroy, a real-life married couple. Yuck. Discuss a wide range of topics. 
music, video games, poetry, snacks. But I hate all that stuff. I know you do, Yucky Jessica. It comes out every Wednesday, the worst day of the week, wherever you download your podcasts. For our next topic, we're talking Fiona the baby hippo from the Cincinnati Zoo. I hate this little hippo. Act two, we're in George's apartment. Sam walks in quietly, attempting to downplay her entrance. The place is cozy with mismatched furniture and candles lit. We hear the sounds of casual chatter. Georgia, a kind and incredible force of nature with major Janelle Monet energy, sees Sam and lights up. Sammy whammy! Happy birthday, George! They hug before Georgia whisks her toward the beverages. A few partygoers look at Sam and seem to register who she is. Georgia protectively puts her arm around her as they walk. What's up, girl? Beer? Wine? Ketamine? Wine seems like a good start. Georgia pours Sam wine and hands it to her as their other friend, Ellie, basic but can't help herself, rushes over. Hi! Hey, so good to see you. You literally never hang out with us anymore. Yeah, I know. You never even met the guy I was dating and it's already over. Dave was really hot. I mean, for a guy. Obviously kind of a deal breaker for me personally, but... Hot or not, I shouldn't have been having sex with someone who's involved in a pyramid scheme. Are you sure he was in one? Oh, I'm positive. He was three tiers away from becoming diamond level. Diamond level, Sam. Georgia leads them towards the kitchen. I truly can't wait for you to see our entertainment this evening. I'm sorry, the what? He's so good. He's terrifying and I love him. The girls walk into Georgia's kitchen, where a group has gathered around a Pee Wee Herman impersonator. On appearance, you'd give him a B minus, but fuck if he doesn't nail the laugh. He shows a girl, Becca, a plastic flower on his lapel. <laughs> My flower smells like flowers! Becca leans in and water shoots out of it. He laughs. What the fuck? His name is Scott. You are insane. Pee-wee giggles and grabs a salt and pepper shaker nearby. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Salt. Hi, Mr. Pepper. Pee-wee, I want you to meet my friend Sam. Oh, no, that is nightmarishly unnecessary. Sam's single. At this, Pee-wee jumps for joy. Sam shakes her head at Georgia, who is clearly loving the opportunity to troll her. <laughs> single? <laughs> then why are you wearing a wedding ring? It's a long story, Mr. Herman. Tell it! Tell it! Come on! Tell it! Tell it! Georgia laughs and covers her mouth. Becca looks to Georgia, leans over. What is so funny? Oh, Sam's husband died last year. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That, that's not funny. Back to Sam, who's mid-explanation with Pee-wee. His jaw hangs open in horror. Yeah, it was weird enough being the only one of my friends who was married, but I had to become a widow before anyone else had even met someone. Pee-wee puts his head in his hands, still in character. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. It's really fine. It's fine. She's so annoying. It's like, we get it. You have to do everything first. Sam grins. George's attitude about Sam's situation seems to confuse people, but Sam is clearly comforted by it. The Pee-wee impersonator is trying, bless his heart. A bead of sweat drips down his face, smudging the smallest amount of blush. He tries to navigate this adult conversation while still doing what he's been paid to do. <laughs> well, um, 
maybe you'll uh, meet someone new. <laughs> Ellie nods in agreement, dead serious. Yes, totally, she will. Uh, let's see. Uh, what should we play with next? Uh... Huey digs in his bag. Sam thinks, then simultaneously addresses Ellie, everyone, herself, and no one at all. I don't know if I'll meet someone else. I'm sure Ben would have wanted me to move on, but even if I met another love of my life, what would happen? I'd get married and walk down the aisle and think of when Ben was at the end of it. I'd have kids, you know, and of course love them. But every time I'd look at them, fine. Maybe not every time, but every third or fifth time I'd look at them and know that the kids I wanted to have were with Ben and they wouldn't have been those kids. Sam tosses shrimp cocktail into her mouth, then realizes the entire room has gone quiet. We reveal that Pee-wee stands holding Terry, the iconic green pterodactyl puppet from Pee-wee's Playhouse. It's a heavy moment, even for Terry. But maybe you were supposed to go through all of that to guide you to the next person, to those kids. Everything happens for a reason. I actually don't think it does. We had a great love story, and it, it isn't over just because he's dead. Terry opens his mouth to talk, but stops, speechless. Georgia turns to Pee-wee. You take Venmo, right? Yeah. Pee-wee Scott dash one. We cut to Georgia's roof. An old couch sits in front of a white wall, the movie Now and Then projected onto it. A few stragglers hang nearby, but here it's just Georgia and Sam. Sam rolls a joint. You know, you're just a joy, a true delight, a good fucking vibe. It's why I come to these things, to pull you guys out of your rut. Georgia laughs. Sam hands her the joint and then a lighter. Okay, baby, first. Oh, what a mensch. Georgia lights it and exhales. So tell me about you. My name is Georgia Rice. I very recently turned 32. A little deeper. Um, I was sexually assaulted when I was 16. Less deep. Works fine. I was picked for the design team for this house in Silver Lake that is going to be so dope. So I'm excited for that. That's awesome. You seem like you're doing really well. Yeah, things are good right now. Georgia hits the joint and passes it to Sam. A beat as they watch the movie. It's at the part where Brendan Fraser sits against a rusty pickup truck talking to Christina Ricci. So he's supposed to be a hippie war vet? Yeah, such a random ass scene. Just then the door to the roof opens and out walks Dr. Roberts holding a bottle of bubbly. Hello, hello. Yep, your feelings are totally justified. I should have called. I don't see why you just won't get a new therapist. I'm not going to stop seeing my grieving specialist just because you started fucking her. To be clear, we are in a committed relationship. And you're the one who introduced us. Well, I didn't think when we randomly ran into her at sushi that you'd fall madly in love with her. Even though you know how smart older women are totally my type? As they say on Love Island, she ticks every box. We've got great chat. Oh my God, you guys are so annoying. What did I say about keeping this separate from me? No, you're right. And out of respect for you, I will honor that and make sure I keep our working relationship completely distanced from my personal relationship. We've, we've made such headway, so I would hate to just up and refer you to someone else. No, you're definitely stuck with me. I am very vulnerable and broken right now. 
and trying to connect dots. So you are not allowed to abandon me for pussy. That's fair. Honest and fair. That being said, I'm going to go so my best friend can make out with my therapist. But you better not tell her anything I've told you, okay? I would never. Totally separate. Although while I am here, I'd be remiss not to acknowledge how proud I am of you for attending a social event. That's excellent growth. Sam stands, putting her bag over her shoulder. Thanks. I love you. Sam rolls her eyes as she hugs Georgia goodbye. It's impossible to be mad at her. I love you too. Happy birthday. Now go be cute together. We super will. Sam's dining room that night, Sam takes photos of her hand adorned in gold rings. There are jewelry trays of even more pieces on the table. She finds the light, takes a bunch, and adds one to her Instagram story, writing in big text next to it, flash sale. She then sits for a moment, sips her wine. But when she looks up, we hear the front door open as Ben, 34, walks in. We have seamlessly moved into a flashback. Ben is handsome without trying, his jawline doing a lot of the work here. He carries a work bag and something under his arm. Sam of the past rounds the corner, towel drying wet hair. I got you the most amazing thing. He hands her a succulent. It's small and cute, barely bigger than a coffee mug. She takes it, whirls it around. Um, he's perfect. And I'm going to try super hard to keep this one alive. Sam sets it down on a window ledge next to several wilting, sad houseplants. But then she stops. Wait, is this, is this real? It's plastic. Oh, cute. Let's still water him though, so he doesn't feel left out. <laughs> well, don't give him too much. He is a succulent after all. Sam looks to Ben, he grins. We cut back from Ben's face to Sam, who is once again sitting at the table alone, back in reality. Sam stands, taking a few of her rings off. As she walks towards her bedroom, she passes Ben's urn on the mantle. Next to it sits her plastic succulent, still vibrant. She lifts her glass and pours a little bit of water onto the fake soil. The water sits on top of it, never soaking in. Cut to a gorgeous home, an estate sale, and Sam is in line with several other buyers, blocking her face from the sun with a numbered ticket. A broker in a pencil skirt walks out. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming to the J. Brash estate sale. Please stay in line and let us know if you need assistance. Inside, Sam walks down rows of displays, antique chairs, china, candlesticks. She walks without paying attention to any of it which the portly man behind her, Gary, 50, notices. Just walking through for fun? What? Oh, no, I'm just waiting for the jewelry. I buy and sell. Gary nods, look at a looks at a glass plate with a dachshund on it. That's a dachshund, right? It's pronounced dachshund. Huh, weird. Sam nods, then grins. He seems like a nice guy, and he's right. It is weird. Do people ever think it's creepy they're wearing dead people's stuff? What? I don't know. I wouldn't want to wear a jewelry that was once worn by a dead person. Maybe they were wearing it when they died. Oh, I don't think... I don't think they mind, because I don't tell them. So if you're so freaked out by dead people's stuff, why are you here? An end table is one thing. 
doesn't feel like they haunt you for it. <laughs> right. But as Sam looks around, she's suddenly overwhelmed. She looks to an antique chair, a set of dishes. Someone inspects a scratch on a credenza. So many people touching someone else's stuff. It's too much for her, and she screams into the void. Nobody hears her but us. She's snapped out of it by the line moving. Now, in front of the jewelry, Sam looks at sapphire studs, gold chains. Then an old wedding set catches her eye. She gets the attention of the broker who walks over. Hi, are these sold together? Yes, 1200 for the pair. The bands are 14 karat. And um, you don't happen to know if she died in it, do you? No, I do not. Cool. Yes, I'll, um, I'll take them. The broker puts a sold sticker next to the set. Anything else I can help you with? Yeah. Actually... Sam sits in her car, the dachshund plate in the passenger seat next to her. She pulls the wedding band out of its box, inspects it. She then turns it, reading an inscription. We're close on an engraving that says, my love. She quickly puts the ring back in its box and puts the box in her glove compartment. This has hit something in her that she didn't expect. She starts her car, suddenly flustered. In the car moments later, Sam drives fast, tears through an intersection. Loud noises fill her head. And then a bunch of wedding bands start pouring out of the glove box like a slot machine. Sam is distracted. Is this real? But before she can decide, she looks back to the road and crash. We smash to black. And that's the end of Act 2. Act 3, we're in a hospital room bright hospital room where flowers and balloons have been delivered. Sam's foot is in a boot, her wrist is wrapped, and her eye is black, but she's propped up holding playing cards. Next to her sits her father, Hal, peering at his cards over his glasses. Got any fives? No. Go fish. Jeannie walks in with purpose, carrying a tote bag. I couldn't find the sweats you described, so I brought a pair with Britney Spears' face on the butt. Oh, and look who I found at the reception. Georgia walks in behind her. What the fuck happened? I... So you straight up drove into oncoming traffic. Yep. And now my mom thinks I tried to kill myself. If you swear you didn't see the light change, then I believe you. We both do. So to be clear, you were not trying to kill yourself. Oh my God. What is wrong with you guys? No, I was not. Good. Excellent. Hal gives her a thumbs up. It was an accident. I've just been feeling weird the last few days. Because your brain is broken. Yes, because my brain is broken. Did the doctor say that? They're being funny, Jeannie. Well, I don't think that this is the time to joke about brain injuries. I'm under observation for one night. Otherwise, I'm totally fine. Well, you look beautiful. Sam blinks at her, presses an ice pack to her very black eye. She then turns to Jeannie with slight urgency. Did you bring him? Did, and it was quite hard to keep it upright. Jeannie carefully pulls Ben's urn out of the tote bag. Oh, fuck. Yay! Jeannie sets the urn on Sam's side table. Hal peers over his glasses, skeptical, then turns back to his cards. You got any threes? My turn. She turns to Georgia, explaining the urn. I don't want to sleep here alone tonight. I have no follow-up questions. Jeannie puts her arm around Georgia. It's so nice to see you. And on such a glorious occasion. Suddenly a nurse walks in. How are you feeling? Got the whole family here, I see. Yes. 
in many forms. We should let you rest, honey. Thanks for coming. And I promise I'm fine. Obvious nervous breakdown aside, you seem to be thriving. Yeah. Al kisses Sam on the forehead. Love you. Jeannie sits next to Sam's bed and grabs her hand tight. I'm okay, Mom. I swear. Call me if you need absolutely anything. I will. Love you guys. I'll send you memes. In the hospital room that night, Sam sits propped up in the dark, watching the masked singer on a wall-mounted TV. She snacks slowly on Jello. Everybody give it up for the Weeble. And we hear the crowd cheer. Sam looks over to Ben's urn sitting on the side table. She reaches out, putting her hand on top of it. For a moment, there's nothing but crippling sadness. But then, a sudden strange comfort. She smiles, arm's length. Hi. The exterior of the hospital, Sam, bruised and bandaged, is wheeled out of the hospital by Georgia. She holds tight to an assortment of balloons, while in her lap sits colorful flowers and Ben's urn. Georgia pushes her fast, and Sam screams. Choo-choo! All aboard the recovery train! Dude, you're gonna make me drop Ben! I must say, kind of nice to see him out and about. Right? I think he had a good time. Georgia pushes her straight over a curb. If these balloons go flying into the atmosphere, it'll be your fault. That's not how I'll tell it. Georgia swerves the wheelchair from side to side, and Sam screams again and laughs. In Sam's living room that night, her foot elevated, Sam lies under a throw blanket watching the masked singer. She eats microwave nachos and has her phone pressed to her ear. I'm sorry, but I just don't get it. Am I supposed to be surprised at who it is under the costume or that they can sing? Also, like, some of them can't sing. We intercut with Georgia in Dr. Robert's bedroom. Georgia's in a beautiful bed watching the same episode. It's just supposed to be fun. But why? I don't know. The colors? Dr. Roberts gets into bed, handing Georgia a bowl of popcorn. Thanks. I put truffle salt on it. Is that Dr. Roberts? I mean, I just call her Natasha, but yes. Put her on. What about the whole completely separate thing? Put her on. Georgia hands the phone to Dr. Roberts. Hello. Don't you think the mask singer could be an analogy for that? performative nature of humans thing in your book like we're all just singing at each other dressed like robots and lizards and shit but underneath it all we're actually just tori spelling i will have to think about that oh no totally it took me like an hour to formulate so i'm sure it'll take just as long to process how are you feeling otherwise um i'm good besides the accident everything is normal here we reveal that peeking out from under her throw blanket is Ben's urn, which she is snuggled up with like a stuffed animal. Nothing, nothing new. Good. And we can talk about the crash and everything next week. Sweet. Oh, and uh, before I let you go, who do you think the pencil is? I personally think it's Anne Hathaway, but Georgia is set on Olivia Wilde. Fascinating. Okay, well, you guys have a good night. You too, Sam. Rest up. Bye. Sam hangs up the phone. She looks to Ben's urn in her lap and pulls it in closer. In Sam's bathroom in the morning, Sam looks at her graphically black eye and carefully begins her skincare routine. Toner, face essence, vitamin C serum, 
She looks out of the bathroom to Ben's urn and grins. I know what you're thinking, and nope, no way. Moisturizer, the whir of a face mister. In her apartment later, now dressed, Sam defiantly stares at the urn across the room. She will not cave, but she does. She lets out an exasperated sigh and marches up to the urn, grabbing the tote bag. Oh my god, Ben. Fine. We're at the farmer's market. A slightly banged up Sam sits on the same curb as last week, her produce at her feet. She eats a tamale with her wrapped hand. But now, Ben's urn sits on the curb beside her. She talks to it familiarly. Nose job. Nose job. Wait for her to turn. Nose job. Sam's phone rings. She picks it up. Hi, Samantha. I'm calling to confirm your appointment with Dr. Roberts on Tuesday, same time as usual. Yes. Thanks. We'll be there. I'm sorry. Who? Have a nice day. She hangs up, takes a bite of tamale, and addresses the urn. Don't worry. It's going to be great. Then, as if the urn has said something, she laughs. <laughs> yes, totally. You're right. And we fade out. End of pilot. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. Come back next week to hear my interview with Sam to find out why she named the main character of this after herself when her husband is very much alive and well. Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-producer Ben Blacker and our associate producer Noah Finling. It is edited and mixed by Jordan Katz. If you like the show, you know what to do. You leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You tell a friend about us. That's the most important thing you could do. You can follow us on social media to find out all the latest. We're still on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. Until next time, be kind to yourself. And for God's sake, be kind to others. I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.